0: How does a former Rangers pro youth player end up a YFS podcast guest? Are St. best team in school football? How does an Aston Villa supporter end up writing a book about Montrose youth? Find out on this week's episode of Youth Football Podcast. Welcome back to the Youth Football Podcast by Youth Football Scotland. I'm your host, Adam Binney, joined by Robbie McDonald as ever. But there was a little question again as to whether or not he was going to be with us. We'll tell you that in a little bit of time. Also joined by two of our fabulous guest reporters, Callum Watt and Jack Gilmore. Later on, we'll also have a little chat with Alex, who has written a book about grassroots football in Scotland called Top Bins with his team Montrose Youth FC Plenty to get through there. But Robbie MacDonald, for the second week in a row, we thought you weren't coming. You know, Robbie's finally finishing, he's away back up north. We weren't sure if the Wi-Fi was gonna reach him that that far away. But Robbie, it looks as though you've made it. Just
1: about, yeah. I'm not quite I'm a bit more a bit more rural than I usually am. Not an Inverness, I'm away West Coast, a wee place called Noidart. And we just got we just got informed that the They've only had twenty-four hour power for the past month and a half, so I was I thought the Wi-Fi might be struggling, but it seems to be holding out. So, of course, I'm here to join the boys again. Robbie, see, see, when you you, you like live your whole life in such
0: a rural area, why on earth would you then go somewhere even more rural on holiday? I don't get it. Like you, you've, I've, I mean, I've I've been around your, your mum and dad's house. They're not short of a bit of cash. What are you what are you doing in 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 these places, Robbie boy? You could be anywhere.
1: I don't know why you keep banging on about my. Inverness is literally a city. I'm like, was it Denny? You're from?
0: Listen, Robbie. Any, anything north of Stirling is the Highlands to me. It, it's true, and and unfortunately, our listeners pay the price with 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 that accent that, that they cultivate in in that area of Scotland. Anyway, we've got we've got we've got Callum and Jack with us today. Uh, Boys, your, your debut in, on the youth football podcast. Were you expecting to, to have a, a co-host slaughtered so soon into your
2: debuts? Yeah, having listened to the other ones, aye, definitely.
0: Yeah, well, I, I, it's great to see that we've finally got two decent haircuts on the on on, on the podcast. Um, I think mm-hmm. we've been struggling for a while, and myself and Robbie are letting ourselves go a little bit. Um, I've, I, I won't see what what I won't see what Robbie's head resembles just now. I would go toothbrush, maybe toilet brush.
1: So, so, you're not some, get a barber up to these parts. Of Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, listen, it's cold. Yeah,
0: Weston is better, better than, better than 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 mine at the minute, Robbie. Really. So um, I'll absolutely let you off with of that now. Callum and Jack, you've been very busy at the weekend. You've been out. Um, getting some content for us at Youth Cup Finals because it's Cup Final season as we were discussing last week uh, Robbie's not too accustomed to, to Cup Finals because he's absolutely never been in any so boys I'll I'll, I'll get to you later on uh, and ask but yes um, oh right sorry I, I want to stay professional and get on to the next thing I've just taken a glimpse I wish this was recorded so our viewers can see Robbie what
1: are you wearing? Right well so as we were saying I'm um, had to I've taken a trip out west. Yesterday I, I came down. I was up in Inverness for the weekend. I was at a I was at a wedding, came down yesterday, got a, got a train through from Edinburgh to Glasgow. That was fine. Just same old train. Got off the train in in Glasgow. Left the station. Got about halfway down Socky Hill Street and realised I didn't have a suitcase. Just left on the train. Sorry, <laughs> tur- sorry. turned around, went, no, no, have you got it back? Well, not right now. I went run, running back to the train. I was like yeah, where's where's my suitcase? I've left up the train, and they went. Well, the train's gone back to Edinburgh. You can go down to Lost Property. So the train, the train is currently in the Lost Property at Edinburgh Waverley Station. But I didn't have didn't have time to go before my trip away. So I've had to I've had to borrow borrow clothes off one of my mates who is who's an he's about six foot four, and I'm only a mere six two. So the clothes are a wee. So I'm wearing extra large clothes extra large clothes all week so i've had that to be honest a bit of a disaster here don't do not ever lie to our listeners again you're
0: not six foot two so i'll get that out there (laughs) how how, how old you mate what
1: 64 i've seen my grandpa coming out with jumpers like that no (laughs) it's a foot it is a jumper but to be fair it's nice and cozy it's good for the it's good for these rural parks Anyway, enough, enough of that rubbish chat. UK International Cup was at
0: the weekend. We had some of our fantastic volunteers and some of our staff members out covering that at St George's Park. Big one for Scotland as well, lads. Eastside Rapids have become the first Scottish team to ever win uh, at the UK International Cup, winning the under 10 competition. Um, I think we can actually have a little interview um, with a couple of the players. for a wee celebration song. Uh, in a wee minute I just want to say how proud we are of, of, of the Scottish teams um, Probably, I'm sure you'll be, you'll be delighted
1: yeah, sorry, That's what that's what we want to see at EFootball Scotland we've had it plenty of times before across the various tournaments especially these these trans world ones but Eastside Rap has always put on a good show and I remember them remember them last year just had a really really good attempt I think it was in the under 10s as well so that would be the age group above but just sing song after song they'll always bring there's always a big travelling traveling support go down with the Scottish sides and I think that adds a real atmosphere to the tournament. Yeah, the atmosphere at, at these tournaments is absolutely fantastic. So many teams.
0: It's uh, Honestly, I, I love these and big festivals we're co- coming towards that time of year now where you get them over the weekend as well. They're, they're absolutely great. So, I mean, if, if you're listening to this, you're a coach or a player or, or a parent that would like your team to get in touch, you can absolutely um, get yourself prepped for next year's UK International Cup will um, take place over, over the weekend, it's in George's Park again, the home of the English national team. So you can go and you can, you can go and get uh, your Scottish team down there to do as proud again. Teams all over the UK and abroad are there. So if you want any more information on that, head over to ukinternationalcup.com for more info if you want to try and replicate what Eastside Rapids under 10's done. But listen, enough ramble from me. Don't take it from me. Eat it from the players themselves.
3: Yeah, it's pretty cool as well because the facilities, like you said, are really good and I think we're kind of lucky to be done here as well. And uh, But yeah, I quite enjoy it and I'll hopefully hope go on to win it and the facilities are amazing. Yeah.
4: What about you, Josh?
0: Yeah, it's good. Uh, yeah, like you said, like the facilities here are great and it's good to play other teams from different countries because, like, in our league really we just play the same teams, but it's good to come down uh-huh. here and play other teams. Yeah, to get better as well. Yeah. Yeah. Right, before we get into our review of the matches at the weekend that the boys went and uh, seen, saw? Is it saw or seen? seen. The boys saw. Lads, I'm going to be a journalist here, I don't even know. Listen, let's move on. <laughs> move on, Listen, don't, don't, don't expose my, my lack of grammatical knowledge. Anyway, um, we're going to be hearing from Alex later on telling us about his new book, Top Bins, um, just talking about promoting youth football. Um, in Scotland, and about the, the, the kind of story of a season with his side, Montrose Youth FC. I mean, the, the content of it, I'm sure, is, is relatable and applies to nearly every, every kid and every parent, every coach up and down the country involved in grassroots football. In Scotland, and speaking of Cup final season, boys. um Jack, Calum asked asked Robbie and the boys last week. Are you are you well equipped with with cup finals? I don't mean now in your reporting capacities, but have you have you played in them as players yourselves back in the day?
3: Um, played in a few, won a couple. Um,
0: oh come on, give us yeah, the details. Yeah. Spill it, spill it. What was the best one?
3: Oh, uh won a tournament down in Blackpool when I was like it was my, well. I played uh, well for Rangers when I was younger when.
1: Oh, of, like, right, right. right, bro, right. In here. This. He's got to get the flex in. Is that, <laughs> much, is that much of a flex playing for Rangers?
3: It was the season before I went to play for Rangers and it was a, a tournament done in Blackpool that I won with my like youth team, basically, St. Martin Boys Club. And it was good. What I can't remember, I scored. I can't remember, I didn't score in the final, but I scored in the semi-final. And that was... Some experience oh, had, to, I had, like that had to get
0: had to get the Rangers flexing
3: there. Just ah, you need to well, you need to get the big name in there first, and then
0: <laughs> Jack, Jack. How old are you? Uh,
3: twenty four. Twenty four.
0: Who who would have been in who would have been in your Rangers team back in the day?
3: Ross McCrory, Robbie McCrory were there. I think they're the other two biggest names, and um, I'm trying to think if there's anybody else that's actually made it. well. Max Ashmore, he's a scout at Rangers now. But, um, yeah, they'd be the two biggest names, Ross and Robbie.
0: Yeah, well, unfortunately, Ross and Robbie haven't made it big enough to, to get themselves a place in the Youth Football Podcast, but Jack Gilmore has. <laughs> so that's, uh, that's that. I mean, that's, that's. Uh, I think that says a lot more about you than it says about the, the McCrory twins. Um, Unfortunately, those lads, maybe one day, they'll, they'll be big time enough to, to make it on with us. Callum, yourself, are you? You played
2: in any cup finals? You played for Barcelona, Real Madrid or something, you want to tell us? Um, not quite, but an equally big name, Salveson Boys Club. Um played for them for a few years and then Edinburgh City, but no, nah, I didn't experience any cup finals. We weren't we weren't too good. Um we got to a semi final, got put out in penalties, sadly. Um in fact actually for the school, P seven, there was some I can't remember what the trophy was. Um we cup final. Fox covered primary school. What has established Fox Cover primary. The very first season after Robbie left us and we managed to win a trophy. Uh that, so, do, that
1: doesn't surprise
2: me. Right, we won that on penalties.
1: No, we won. We won we won trophies when I was there, Callum just didn't get picked for the team.
2: I was the, the team, yeah. The Calder Shields. No, but this was a proper this was eleven living aside uh, Full on down at uh St. Augustine's Forester Astro, the big arenas and we prevailed on penalties. It was covered by YFS actually. I remember the the video of the penalty shootout is still on YouTube if you want to dig out the archives. Uh, I never took one though. I no chance. A bit. Why uh, did you want
4: to take one?
2: I'm a centre half, mate. I just I've got no skill, just booting boot it clear. That's so. that
0: terrible. To be fair, I I was in a penalty shootout. Not last week, but the week before. Um, bear in mind, I'm a centre midfielder. the field. I supposed to be able to play passes and whatnot. Decent technique. I put myself as eleventh for penalties. Didn't get I got to number nine <laughs> and I was absolutely breaking. I was like, I don't want to take one because I am absolutely terrible at penalty kicks. Like, honestly, like I, I would, I would end it terribly if we're all involved. Now, enough of us talking rubbish and reminiscing about our below-average playing careers, with the exception of Jack. Who, uh, has it a little bit more in the, in the locker than the rest
3: of us. pretty below average. <laughs>
0: um, at the weekend, back to the Albion and um, beat West Dyke 4 0 in under 13s SYFA. North Regional Cup final. Regional Cup was always a big one, man. I mean, it was a lot of teams felt that like the Scottish was always um, out with their own, their own reach, but the, the regional cup was always one that you felt they like could win if you were one of the top teams in your in your division. And Banks of the Albion, a club that had been so successful up in Aberdeen and the, the north of Scotland, I'm sure they would have humped you a lot back in the day, Robbie, a few times if you ever got to the latter stages of any regional competitions. Goals from uh, Joel Coyoad and Kai Hutchison with a double, Lyle Mac and um now watch, watch through the highlights of this game. And, and Robbie, Banks of the year are just absolutely electric going forward. And I, 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 made a, I made a wee joke there that you might have played them back in the day, but if, if we are being serious, this is a, a big club. who must have a, a crazy haul of, of trophies up in the northeast.
1: Yeah, there was, there was no way any of my teams were getting near near that type of level back when I played. But ah, you could just see like four, four goals in a final. You could see the kind of attacking prowess throughout them. Kai Hutchison was brilliant. I think my fa- my favourite goal of all was probably his his goal from open play where the midfielder just nicks the ball in the middle and slots him in for him to finish well into the right side of the goal. But yeah, I think as a whole, there was just there was nothing really West Dyke could do. It wasn't there wasn't too much in the way of like defensive errors or that. Banks and D are just relentless. Yeah, tell it's that age group as
0: well. Under 13s a I, I remember it well. That's still really where like your your kind of youth football is is everything to your social life. Because I mean, West Ham and and back to the both kind of Aberdeen based clubs, a lot of these guys will, will, they'll go to school together. They'll they'll be pals. They'll have been playing against each other for a number of years. But because it's the first year of competitive football, eleven aside football, this will be the these will be the, the first cup finals these boys will be playing in so it really does just you know just think it adds that kind of spectacle that occasion to it that this might be the first time they're playing in proper stadiums and actually playing for a trophy
2: yeah absolutely i remember when we first went to under 13s 11 aside it's just completely different experience obviously the pitch is massive and you're you're a bit weird and it's just the games are so open as we've seen there um obviously for cup final anything can happen but yeah um, Banks of D managed to come out 4-0 winners and as you say they'll probably know quite a lot of the players on the the other teams so it be a, a better one for Westlake to take but I'm sure they've got plenty of years ahead they can come back and make the regional cup final next year
0: Yeah there was an- another big cup final in, in the northeast uh at the weekend there as well Dice Boy's Club beating um, Cove United in the under 18s Sonny Bank Shield Final, it was a, a, a 3-0 victory played at the, the the same venue goals from Clark Sharp Damon Collins and Daryl Webster now Robbie I, I need to talk to you about uh, about this because last week if anyone was listening to last week's episode I was hammering it was Bonnie Rigg Rose I was hammering them for uh, at, at their level having one of the boys do the, the old kind of draft that's called it under the wall but they were lying under the wall and I was like oh, I would hate to do that it would be, be soaking and I was like at this level who's got it in the locker daisy cut it under the wall and put it in the bottom corner and I th- was it this? I'm sure it was this game. Clark Sharp's went and done done the exact thing I said <laughs> that nobody in, in boys' club football can actually pull off. I, Robbie, the boy Clark's just made me look. I think he was watching last week and was just made decided to
1: make me look like a mug. Once again, your analysis on this podcast proves to be complete and utter dross brilliant like, uh, finish though right in the bottom corner like you couldn't get much it wasn't even that he caught the keeper out it was a really really good finish in the end but yeah there's but he must have been listing of course
0: yeah Jack that sounds like something you probably had in your locker back in the day Mr. Mr. former Rangers pro youth over here did you, did you ever have any any free kicks in your time
3: uh, actually well I still play the amateur now and I scored one actually this season that was quite Show out
0: your team. Who are you playing for?
3: Uh, Stanley Athletic. They're called you know, decent pay, uh, Saturday morning Strathclyde Amateur Football League, I think, is the bit of a mouthful. But yeah, that's what we're playing. I scored one this season. But I've got to say, I agree with you. I don't I I don't really like the lying under the line behind the wall thing. Like I get it if they like slid, like if it was like to block it, but it's like, lying there the whole time. It's like, well, obviously he's not going to even try it if you just lie there. I like, still get that.
0: We just stopped that goal though.
3: Nah, oh, no yeah, I don't. like
0: that is that is an absolute belter from 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 Clark Chart. But does does anyone here actually respect their goalkeeper enough to like? It, it was a wet day. I imagine you're just like freezing and wet, and you're just <laughs> deciding you're just gonna lie along along the bottom of the wall, the, the risk of getting completely winded. If 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 the boy does attempt, I I don't think I've ever played with a goalkeeper that I respect enough to do that. They need to be some sort of some sort of um scary character um right that's 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 us. before we get into the the proper analysis of of, of match that Jack uh, match that Jack and Callum um went to watch at the weekend we can um, hear from the people who made those two cup finals in the northeast also special so first up we've got a full team interview um with with the boys at Banks of the Albion under thirteens. Yeah, it was a, a tough game for us and I think both both sides
1: played really well and I think just today we had the better game and we all put in contributions. And, yeah, yeah. You did get a challenge, especially in the second half there. What, we, what brought it together for you? You kept the team pretty solid. Uh,
0: <laughs> so you mean what worked together? Yeah, yeah, how how you guys you worked so well together, especially in the um, second half there? Yeah, well, so our, as our coaches say that we need to just pass the ball,
1: move, be vocal and I think that's what see us through to the end of the game. Brilliant and if you could sum up in a couple of words the game. Fantastic. Fantastic. <laughs> amazing, amazing, amazing. Brilliant. Brilliant. <laughs> and who was it that got that goal just at the end there? Yeah, yeah. you deserved that I think because there was a couple of messages at target. How did that feel? Very good. <laughs> and the pressure was on as well, and yeah. you managed nice to get Fantastic. Any words to your coaches or any of your friends? Uh, we want to thank, you. All, <laughs> the, thank all, you. The, all the coaches, all the uh, refs, and the fans as well. The fans, don't
0: <laughs> go <laughs> here with well. so, yeah. us. Fantastic. I'm sure you're quiet out here, but I'm quite sure you're not going to be quiet when you get back in that change. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah.
2: Excellent.
1: Congratulations. Congratulations once again, guys.
0: Thank you. We also have another very special interview. We had Clark Carroll and Grant Maroney of Dice Boys Club.
1: Uh, it was a tough game, we, do- we dug it in the first half, we got the good goals and then we just worked as a team to beat them and motivate each other and backed our team. You feel that was a good challenge? Yeah, it day. was a good challenge. Very good. Yeah, good. Yeah, loved it. <laughs> and yourself, yourself up? Yeah, got go, go, got the goals at a good time. Killed the game off after the third one. So yeah, pleased with the result. Worried at any point? <laughs> nah. <laughs> Never worried. Never. Worried. <laughs> Never. <laughs> were your coaches worried at any point? Nah, uh, they believed no. in us. They so believed. Yeah, they believed. <laughs> any highlights in the oh, wait, game for <laughs> you? Um, probably the third goal. It sealed it <laughs> off. Killed the game. But defensively, I thought the back four were strong. So yeah. Oh,
0: it's a nice be for success today. Yeah, brilliant.
1: Coach has been superb all season, backing yeah. us. And proud of the team. <laughs> so, oh. sums it all up. Everybody has, everybody has a, a little bit. Is right. there anything else you'd like to mention probably added to today's game? Uh, Raga, our coach's is doing, boys. Bill Sutherland and Chris Giggy. Yeah, Phil boys, Phil boys, Phil boys, Phil boys, and Eric, who's Eric, been German. chairman of the club for ages. So, so, so
0: yeah. congratulations <laughs> and bruv, uh, final and well deserved. Thank you, Eric. So Cheers. Right, Robbie, you've already given me an absolute caning from a lack of um, l- lack of knowledge when it comes to match analysis. Um, so we're going to test out debutant. Callum, what here? Because Callum, you were watching uh, the under 17s Colin Campbell Cup final at the weekend. Hutchie Vale beating Kesturph and Dynamo three one. Of course, everyone knows Hutchie Vale, massive club in Edinburgh. They've won everything that there is to win in that in that area of Scotland. Uh, seem to be a what's what's the word for it? Why can't I talk to it? You just keep producing player after player, professional, player, conveyor belt of professional footballers coming out um, of of Edinburgh. Callum, talk us through the game.
2: Yeah, um, as you say, Hutchie, big name. They've got all the the ex, the current professional players to their name and, you know, there could be a couple more. Um, yeah, it was a Friday night game, actually. So it was a, a big occasion, 7 o'clock at the Sockton enclosure. So it was a big one for both teams. Um, it started, it was like, it was a pretty classic cup final, I would say. It's kind of what you expect. Um, both teams just try and win the midfield battle, try not to concede early. Um, the classic, let your opponent know you're there was taken very literally. There were some meaty challenges coming in.
0: Oh, so you're saying there's a bit of needle in this game.
2: A wee bit, yeah. And it, it was pretty much from the start as well. The the fans were, I think I was at the side of the, the Hutchie fans and parents and they were there, getting involved, shall we say, um, making their feelings known. Um, so, yeah, I mean, to be fair, there was only, I think, maybe one yellow card in the second half. So the ref kind of handled it well. But aye, there was certainly the midfield battle was where it was at. Um, there was a lot of long balls, um, particularly sort of searching through balls. That seemed to be both teams were trying that, but the defences were kind of two centre-halves on, on both sides were standing up to that. Um, and then around sort of 30 minutes, it was there was two quick-fire goals. Hutchie took the lead. Um Max Lovey scored from a rebound. It was like a half volley that was rebounded into his path and he just basically smashed it into the top corner. It was a great finish first time. Um, And I think I said it in my match report as well, the cliche, but it's a cliche for a reason, you're at your most vulnerable when you've just conceded. Literally a minute later, Kirstorfin pegged him back. Um, I think it was Jamie Hook broke into the box and he just squared it to uh, Ryan Mackay. And he just had the easy task of slotting home, so it was one-one. And you thought at that point, maybe the the game will open up, we'll get a couple more chances on goal, and the floodgates will open. But no, nah, it was back to back to how it started, with the challenges flying in. Um, but then about seventy minutes in the second half, well, not seventy minutes into the game, um, Hutchie just kind of they scored two quick fire goals, and that was it, three-one. Um, but Kristoffen, like they never looked. Out of it, that was it. Both teams in the semi-final, they'd absolutely pummeled their opposition. So they're they're clearly good teams. They're only a point separating them in the league, and they were both giving it a really good, great game right to the end. So it was it was a good watch.
0: Robbie, do you know what I love about this about this one? So Callum's talking about Friday night, the atmosphere, fans were on it. It was a, a an intense match, but that final goal, Max McKay when he scores and pretty much seals the victory, taking that um. To to go, lady. He, he sprints over to the corner, and I fact that the camera just pans away at the last minute. But I think he goes to celebrate with the, with his dad or brother or a friend, some sort some sort of family member. is Just sitting on sitting on their own at the side, and he, and he runs like off off camera to go and uh, share the embrace of of a celebration with with what looks to be a, a friend or relative. It was such a heartwarming moment.
1: Yeah, it makes a makes a real difference when you've got people people you cared about there watching you. Gives you that. Can give you that extra boost going forward, but makes such a makes such a difference to these finals when you get a crowd like, like Callum had on Friday night. I believe there was about hundred and fifty there watching. So, that can it can really give a boost to these players. Do you, do you get much
0: support, Robbie? Is, is your mum and dad behind the other side of the laptop clapping you every time you say something in the podcast
1: tonight. My my dad told me the other day when I was up north that he has not listened to one second of this podcast. So that shows. Him. I'm sure to hate the support that I get from my my friends and family. That's absolutely horrendous. That's
0: is, that's is terrible. Um. And anyway, uh, it's, it's always great to to highlight the support that that some people get, even if Robbie is starved of it and incorrectly. so. Um. Massive uh massive people in, in the grassroots game are, are, are the parents. But likewise, um the coaches um, in these cup finals are always rewarded when they when, when they finally get their hands in that trophy for all the, the works, all the all the, the unpaid labour that goes into to, to coaching and, and training. So it's great to, to see the coaches um reap the rewards of this as well. So we can hear now from the Hutchie Vale under seventeens coach speaking post match.
2: First of all congratulations, Cheers. just how does that feel? Fantastic, the boys are well deserved it, they've
4: worked hard this season so far so first of four to go so happy days.
2: Obviously it was a close game until you took that two goal lead sort of into the second half, uh, did you always have the belief the boys could do it? I did yeah, don't get me wrong, it's been a cracking game, Dynamo was
0: fantastic as well so do you know what I mean? It was, a, it was a hard game, definitely a hard game, So, but I'm really happy for the boys, really proud of them.
2: There's a big crowd here, about 150 ish. Is this the biggest crowd the boys have played in front of?
4: I think so, aye. I. 100%. Yeah! Well, eh? <laughs> oh, <man.
2: laughs>
4: Sorry. <laughs> oh. Unbelievable.
2: That. So, we'll let you get back to it. Congratulations. Cheers, guys.
0: Thank you very much. Yeah, great to hear from the Hutchison Bale coach there after their cup final win. We've got one final cup final to discuss uh, from the weekend. Jack Gilmore, it is your time to shine because you were able to watch St. Ninians, um defeat William Wood in the under-15 St. Mirren Cup final. I don't know what it is about St. Ninions, but they say absolutely dominate school football. That is, that is we'll talk about them individually, um, sorry, collectively as a school and in a minute because their records and achievements at, at, across school football are incredible um, but Jack just talk us through this this game in under 15 St. Marine Cup final fantastic an emphatic 5-0 victory
3: yeah that was my first thought as well when I went down I, I actually expected St. Naneans to win before I even got there because I remember through my whole school they won everything they won absolutely everything in that kind of Paisley area as well it was murder coming up against them um. Yeah. So they start, but they started the game off very, very strongly, and look. But William Wood to their credit, even though it was a bit of a doing in the end, they didn't. It wasn't like it didn't seem like a five 0 game. William Wood well worth at least a couple of goals. I think they were unlucky. It just didn't really go their way on the day. But um. Yeah. Saint Ninnians came out flying. They looked really, really strong. Kept the ball really well, moving it side to side. But William Wood did look dangerous in the break, and they had the big first chance of the game. It was a kind of um, clever touch taken by the right back who was probably one of their top players for William Wood. He was really, really good, tidy on the ball. He took a very clever touch, beat two defenders, found himself kind of on the edge of the box and just didn't really, I think he didn't really realise how much time he actually had. He kind of rushed his shot a bit and blazed it over. Um it wasn't very, and then after that, it wasn't very long before St Neneens made, made them pay. Uh, they seemed like they were going to score every chance they got. It looked really, really dangerous. But, um, Patrick Kusak, I think is how you say his name, I'm not 100% sure in the pronunciation, but he was a St name striker and he looked dangerous all day. He was at the heart of pretty much everything they did going forward. They was so good at holding the ball up, but very, very strong, great first touch, taking the ball and spreading it about. But he found himself on the end a pretty decent ball into the box. He had his back to goal, he managed to give his defender the shake, him and just blasted at bottom corner. It was goalie rooted to the spot, didn't even move. He um, was just a brilliant strike and he was probably one of the only players in the pitch that could really generate that kind of power. It was like he was a prop. He really looked the part. He was really good. And then as it moved on, William would again, they kept looking good. They kept looking good throughout the game. They had lots of chances, decent play, but St. Ninians were just able to get that second goal in the 20th. Uh, just after the 25th minute, I think, uh, yeah, it was um, Finn McDonald, the number seven right winger. Uh, he found himself in the box. He, it was actually a pretty decent run from the opposite fullback. I've forgotten his name. But, um, in the left fullback, had cut in from the side and found him on the kind of edge of the box. A nice bit of quick feet, and he just got his defender out of the road enough to blast it at the near post. And The goalie, I think, got a touch on it, but it just wasn't enough to keep it out. And at time. And that was 2-0 and it looked they did it, as I say William Wood throughout looked like they could still get themselves back into it if something would just fall their way, but it just didn't seem to happen that way. And the second half opened up pretty much the same as the first. The first big chance went to William Wood and they had a chance to half the deficit their striker. He was a number ten. They got himself in a drill with Michael Gallagher, uh St. Ninian centre back, and just managed to get the ball bearing down on the saint goal pretty much, only the keeper to beat it seemed, and they got around him, but the defenders, the centre-backs, were just so quick getting back, he kind of saw them coming, didn't know whether he would be able to get his shot away, and the time that he took to kind of make his decision on what he wanted to do, he just snuffed out the chance, and not very long after that, saint had the ball in the back of the net, Kuszak again, got his second of the match, it um, played a decent ball down the line, and as I was saying, he just looked so much, he's so strong and fast, he was, really looked like a man amongst boys at times out there with just his presence and he ran down the line shrugged off his defender and was able to just tuck the ball away for his second goal and right after that this was probably the most um the mad moment of the match i thought to be honest anyway it was something um michael Gallagher again he was putting his head in like just crazy, no of real cup final stuff, similar. Not as calm was saying earlier. Like this game wasn't played. Like there was lots of crazy tackles around like that. There was it was really played in good spirits. A lot of the boys knew each other and stuff. But he was putting himself about to make sure that the Nenans came out the winners here. And uh, there was a kind of bouncing ball. It was kind of awkward height, and he put his head in. Someone had a high foot in there, and he was just not not bothered. Straight through it, cleared the ball. And Kushak ended up with it on the turn, and he released um the his winger down the right, and Gallagher just kept charging, kept charging all the way up from centre-back, found himself on the end of a cross ball across the box, just took his touch, prodded it by the goalie for the centre-half. It was a real cool and collected finish. He took his time, realised how much time he had for the keeper coming out and just prodded it by him. It was something. And then that was the last 10 minutes we went into, and it was kind of from there it was petered out pretty much it. Obvious, William Wood weren't going to be able to nab back four goals and, and just kind of petered itself out. But Kushak managed to grab himself a hat-trick. And there was a shot in, in the inside of the box and, and it kind of got deflected about. It fell to him and he just tapped it away. And it was, That was the end of the game. It was kind of a bit anticlimactic, really, for a final uh, in the end with the scoreline ending up how it did. I don't mean to say that like it wasn't a good game because it really was. It was great to watch. But just if volume would have been able to nab a goal in there, it really would have made it super interesting. But something in the end, just as they always do, manage to run out easy winners in the end.
0: Jack, it sounds like Patrick Kushak was, was, was the main man, scored yeah, a hat trick. Exactly. Could, could you have done anything similar in, in,
3: in your Rangers' days? Did you ever manage any hat tricks? Yeah. I was back at right back, man. I was, I was chilling. I up, <laughs> <"Your> guys. <laughs> absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. I got the crosses in. I absolutely, absolutely <laughs> no, The overlap absolutely. every now and then. No, I'd have been overlapping on the outside, definitely. But he'd have been the one pulling the strings. not know what Robbie? You're going to be absolutely buzzing
0: with this with this schooling because I know how much you love, uh, you love, you love St. Ninians High School for was
1: it a was pyro show at Hamden last year? Oh, Aye, terrible school. School's Cup final last year. Just a wee, a wee, day out, day out for the fifth and sixth years, and some of them, some of them got a wee bit, a wee bit too excited. Never seen, never seen stewards so quite so fuming at a schools game before. But it made, made great entertainment for me and Daniel Guilfoyle in the stands.
0: Uh, I know we, we, we touched on it earlier with, um, with Jack about the, the dominance of of, of St Ninians because it's. It's a strange one because it's um it's, it's a school in in, in Giffnock, East East Renfrewshire, East Renfrewshire It's not one of the SFA performance schools, which I initially thought it was. I got it mixed up with you know the, there's one by the same name in, in Kirk and There's a, a feeder school for for Celtic. A lot of their kids go there. Um so I I just assumed that it was it was the same school. Completely mistaken. It's not an SFA performance school, it's not linked to uh, to, to Rangers or Celtic or professional clubs, but they just churn out baller after baller after baller and win trophy after trophy after trophy. I need to know what they're putting in the lunchtime steak pies here. Does anyone get any idea? Because I want a bit.
3: No, I thought they were. I thought they were a fighter into Celtic as well. I didn't realise that. Were they? Yeah, I thought they were. But oh, I really? don't know. If, maybe they're not. But I think there's, they do always have some calibre player. Yeah,
0: they're, 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 they're so good. And, do you know, that was a skill... I'm going to sound like an Idea if I got this wrong. I think that was the school Andy Robertson went to.
3: Mm-hmm. Yep.
0: I'm pre- pretty sure. Is, is that yeah, right? It was.
3: I'm pretty sure it was as well. Why?
0: Yeah, well, if they're producing boys that are going on to become Scotland captains and uh, Champions League winners then that's just, that's, that's testament to the, to whoever's, cooking up the, the PE teaching over there. because it must, it must be an absolute genius. Um, Jack, highlight of that match for you? Michael Gallagher's yeah, goal?
3: Michael Gallagher's goal, it was, it was brilliant. Just the whole crowd, when he went in and won the header, I was like, ooh, It was a real inhale of breath. Just everyone expected them to go down, there would be some kind of injury. It wasn't the first time you've
0: done su- it. In the you're game such either. a right, you're such a right back, man. Yeah. I mean, this the, the like, boy the, Kushak's got yeah. the hat kushak scored got the hat and you're like, "Oh,
3: I boy, well, he's get, just stuck his head in." You're playing in the, the <laughs> match. I like to spread the love.
0: Fair enough. Fair enough. I'll, I'll, I'll give you. I'll give you that. Callum, back back in your school days, did you achieve any glory? And I'm talking about football, coach, pal.
2: Um, no, not really. I mean, well. Wow. The school themselves won a couple of trophies, a couple of gala days, but I was seldom involved. Uh, you, couldn't, yeah, you couldn't make the skills. Sadly. I mean, to be fair, the one gala day I was involved in, um, Drumbray Gala in like 2014, I'm pretty sure it was East Craig's who we beat in the final of that. So um, like, not even just saying it, I'm pretty sure it was, uh, but I was injured after the second game. I can't, do you know, Jack would appreciate it, I think I threw my head in for a, a, where it shouldn't have been, got a high boot to the head uh, uh, I got to lift the trophy though, the coach felt sorry <laughs> for me uh, So we got to lift the trophy on the, the back of this big float that they had for the gala day, so happy days
0: Plus, Every week you know, we're just bringing on, to be fair we've had it, had it split we've, we've, we've gone from someone who wasn't good enough to get any skill team to someone who played for Rangers so yeah, th- delighted to say that we're, we're joined by a very special guest. We've got Alex, um, who has recently published um, a book called Top Bins. Alex from Montrose Youth Football Club. Alex, for those who don't know yourself, just give us give us a little bit of, a, of, of, of background detail. Who are you? What have you done? Why are you here today?
4: Right, well, you'll pick up from this accent already that uh, I'm not from the Montrose area. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm, I'm from uh, Birmingham, but critically, the Aston Villa side of Birmingham. Uh, I want to make that plan right from the start. That's very important. So, But uh, me and my family, we moved up to the Montrose area eight years ago. Uh, at that time, Ernie, uh, my youngest son, was was only a couple of years of age. He's now 10 and he loves playing for the Montrose youth uh, team in the Angus and District League. Uh, he gets a lot out of it. Uh, he's improved his football no end through it. Uh, made some new friends. He loves it, and so he and I thought we'd put a book together, uh, detailing a season in the life of Montrose Youth FC. Uh, for a, it's like a diary, diarised account of a season, uh, and two reasons: one, to to raise funds for the club, uh, but two, to try and put across to to, to young young children, uh, teenagers, that football's a a great way to get exercise, to get friends, to get out there and enjoy yourself. And so, uh, so far it's proved uh, pretty successful. Have
0: you had any writing experience before? Is there something completely alien, completely new to you? Or are you an author by trade by any chance?
4: Yeah, well, I'm not an author by trade, but, uh, you know, I work in the world of finance. Uh, but that's so boring that you have to look for something else in life uh, to, to <laughs> enjoy yourself with. So I, I've, I've written several books in the past, a couple about... The amateur football teams that I've played for over the years uh, and I mean amateur, very amateur, very low level football um, and also I've written about uh, uh, golf uh, so yeah I've written books before and back in the 90s um, I don't know if you're familiar with football fanzines but I used to write an Aston Villa fanzine for about four years and sold that outside the ground on match days with mates of mine so yeah I've done a lot of writing in the past.
0: Fantastic and- what can people expect um, from from this book? Because, of course, you're saying it's like a a diary of a of a season in the life of Montrose Youth FC. But I think everything that's in that book, a lot of people will be able to relate to that because of the experiences of grassroots youth football in Scotland. Do not agree that a lot of people have those shared experiences week after week.
4: Yeah, it's yeah, it's um, sort of a warts and all account through the eyes of Ernie although I I wrote it mostly, uh, all the material was provided by him because uh, it's just detailing training sessions, matches, what goes on at school in between other sports that he gets into. He's into his tennis. It it just, um, it's not just match report after match report during a season. It, It, Talks about what it is to be, you know, a young kid about friendships, about family, uh, and football too. So, um, yeah, majority is about football, and uh, but 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 also just about about life as a ten-year-old as well. But with a, a liberal uh, sprinkling of Aston Villa references throughout the book as well, and, and the odd John McGinn one.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I was just I was just going to ask you. Um, we're we're going to talk a little bit about Keir Smith in a minute, but there, there's there's a lovely little connection between a. Uh, Aston Villa in Scotland. Just off the top of my head, a few players. You're saying Ker Smith now, but uh, John McGinn, uh, Alan Hutton comes to mind. Um, i have played in the past. Have you got? Have you got any any favourite Scottish Aston Villa players?
4: Well, Alan Hutton goes down in folklore. We called him the Scottish Cafu at Villa Park.
0: He scored that goal, didn't he? The one against Birmingham that was like le- a legendary goal scored from his own half or something?
4: Precisely. So he was always very much like John McGeehan as a footballer. He always gave it 100%. So the games where he didn't quite perform, you'd forgive him for that because he was giving it everything. Uh, and fans love that, don't they? They just want their players to, to give it everything. Um, and, and Hutton... He then went on this this just this marauding run at Villa Park at home to our bitter rivals Birmingham City, plucked it in the back of the net in front of the Holt end, and from that point on, he's been yeah probably the the number one Scottish uh, footballer in a Villa players' eyes until McGinn came along. We absolutely adore him.
0: Yeah, we we all love John McGinn as well for for the amazing things he's doing for the, the Scottish national team. But um, there could be another rising um, Scottish star. Uh, down at the Villains um, young young player Kerr Smith who actually is an, an ex-Montrose Youth player um, bought by uh, Aston Villa from Dundee United I believe he came down and visited the boys at, at training can you tell us a little bit about that Alex?
4: It was so good of him so Kerr Smith his football uh, his early days in football were with Montrose Youth as well he's from the Montrose area he went to school there and uh, was brought up through the ranks at the Montrose Youth and then he went to Dundee United Um, But during his time at Montrose, he he made a lot of friends. And um, his father, Hayden, he's well known to the coaching staff at Montrose Youth. So when uh, Ernie was kind of switching off football a little bit, he's good at tennis too. And he he wasn't as interested in football as he once was. And he was missing one or two sessions and suggesting to the coaches that maybe it wasn't for him. Well, because they knew Kerr-Smith. And because we're such big time Villa supporters, uh, Lee Walker, who's the coach of, of Ernie's team, got in touch with Kerr Smith's father and said, I wonder if you could help me. And in turn, Kerr Smith, who, who by now is is at Aston Villa, uh, signed from Dundee United, he sent a WhatsApp video to Ernie uh, from Bodymore Heath, which is Villa's training ground. Uh, and then he came up to uh, a training session presented Ernie with an Aston Villa shirt and uh, met with the rest of the team, had a photo taken with all of them, ans- answered a few questions about what life's like as a professional footballer. And he was an absolute inspiration to all of them, not just Ernie. So uh, a real good news story and a-, a lot to thank Kerr for.
0: Yeah, that's that's absolutely fantastic. you, you love to hear, to hear things like that and these professional players going, going back to, to grassroots level, did they? provide any any advice you can you can share with us we've got some footballers on in, in this call that would like like to hear if there's there's any hope for us just yet
4: i think just to 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 be determined and be committed you know there's so many good footballers out there at a young age uh, and and what separates them well very often it, it's commitment it's going the extra mile. It's making sure you attend all training sessions. It's it's doing the rotten stuff, you know, the shuttle runs and keeping yourself fit outside of training with your mates. It's it's throwing yourself into it and, and committing yourself to it. And uh, I think that would be the best advice that, that he put across was, you know, commit.
0: Alex, have you got a highlight from this book? Is there, is there anything specifically that maybe it was a, a chapter or, or or a specific story or anecdote from the season that you thought, yeah, that's that kind that, that of encapsulates everything I was hoping to achieve with this, with this piece of work
4: ah oh, no, they've thrown me there a, a, on the spot, yeah. I? <laughs> yeah. well clearly it's such a fantastic book there's a there's a myriad of, of top moments you know I mean how can I pick one from so many but uh, uh, let me think what would be the can you think Ernie What something that happened during your season I've got Ernie sat behind me there he is
0: <laughs> Ernie give us a hello come on jump on the podcast say hello Hello, but Ernie, What was your favourite part of the season? Uh my
4: favourite part of the season
0: is I a last I a last-minute penalty versus Dundee United. Oh, there you go. There's there, there's there's your answer. Surely, I'm I'm sure you were able to uh, to put that in, in a great words for us, Alex. And um,
4: and uh, you know, if if he hadn't answered, that's what I was going to say as well. Dundee United, a uh, good team in the league. They were 2-1 down into the last minute, got given a penalty. Of course, all the kids are scrumming down. I want to take it, I want to take it. But the coach shouted across, give it Ernie, because he does ping a, a good football. There's one thing Stephen Gerrard did do for Aston Villa, He's taught us how to ping a football. but he couldn't manage it his way out of a paper bag, apart from that. But uh, yeah, he scored his last minute penalty. So that was a highlight, wasn't it, Ernie?
0: Yeah, absolutely fantastic. I was just, just finally from... Um, my, myself, can you, can you let our listeners know where they're able to, to get their hands on, on your book? I'm sure a lot of people listening to this so will we'll, we'll want to read it, so where can they find it?
4: Two places, uh, the book is called Top Bins and if you go on to uh, Just Giving the, the charity page, the fundraising page, Just Giving, type in Montrose Top Bins and it will come up there, so you can go on there and find it otherwise you can drop me an email which is uh, topbinsmontrose at gmail dot com. Great, and I know
0: I said that was the <laughs> the, the the last one, but just to, to to touch on another point, you said that it takes you to a just given page. Just to reiterate that the funds from this book will 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 be used to um to help fundraise for for the club. Is that correct?
4: it will not only fundraise for the club but uh they're in the happy position that they're going to barcelona for a long weekend for a mini tournament in the summer of 2025. Uh, that comes at a cost so we're we're trying to fundraise for that particular event where all the team go for uh, training a mini tournament and then a, a trip around the ground so uh yeah very good cause
0: Absolutely fantastic. Well, listeners, if I can make one plea to you just now, go and get your hands on that book and help Alex Ernie and all the boys at Montrose Youth get their, their trip to Barcelona in summer 2025, because I'm sure they absolutely deserve it. Alex, just want to say thank you again for taking the time to come and speak to us um, this evening. All the best for Montrose Youth for the rest of the season and for next season and for the Barcelona trip
4: in two thousand and twenty. Thank you very much, guys. It's been a pleasure.
0: You know, once again, Alex, thank you very much for uh, joining us. Thank you to our guest reporters as well, Callum and Jack. And if I really have to give obligatory thanks to my co-host Robbie for joining us from the absolute middle of nowhere. Um, and, a, and blessing us with a terrible jumper that unfortunately our listeners um, won't get to see boys it's been a pleasure episode 4 now in the bank remember every single Wednesday we'll be bringing out a new episode of Youth Football Podcast don't miss it across all of your major podcast streaming platforms make sure it's in the diary every single Wednesday Youthful Football Podcast it has to be the number one thing you watch on a Wednesday for now thank you we'll see you all next week